my friends. Uh, welcome back to another episode of Clashing in Traffic. I'm your host, Catfish. Uh, climb on in, buckle up, and uh, let's go out here and clash in some traffic, y'all. I want to thank you for joining me on my commute to work this morning while we discuss our favorite game that is Clash of Clans. I hope everybody had a fantastic week, that uh, you're doing well and everything that you're doing up there in Clash, and that you're getting all that loot that you're hoping for to continue working on those upgrades. This week in Clash of Clans, we've had clan games start up, and I'm sure that a lot of you tryhards are already done. And uh, I call you tryhards because if you're already done, why why are there so many folks that race to be the first ones done? Um, you know, if you look at the clan games uh, screen and, and it shows the clan, it'll show you who's finished, right? How many points everybody has. And those top three players get a little bit of, uh, you know, gold, silver, bronze, metal action going on in, in the way that they're highlighted. But there's no actual benefit to being the first person done with clan games. So what is it, other than bragging rights, what is the motivation for everyone to finish clan games first? Um, are, do any of you guys out there have clans where maybe you have something that's an, an in-clan reward or a role or something on Discord? Uh, for those who have raced to finish clan games first, uh, let me know if there's anybody out there doing that. Because uh, you know that, that might be something that, that would motivate people to move a little bit faster. Uh, a couple early episodes on clashing in traffic, I talked about how on my mini accounts, uh, I sometimes won't even get to the 4,000 trophies. I've got enough accounts that I, I try to focus on it, on two of them to make sure that I get those ones done, my main account, and then I'll pick one or maybe two of my mini accounts to, to work on. Uh, but the, the lower level ones, are going to always be done last, right? I'm going to work on the Catfish account first and make sure that my Town Hall 14 gets all of its rewards before I start working on any of the others. Uh, the other one that I will be focusing on this month is my Alpha Fish account. That is currently Town Hall 8, sitting down in COTP Plebs is the leader there. Uh, that'll be the next one that I work on. But it's going to be towards the end. And like I said in some early episodes, it gets a little bit difficult for those of us at lower town hall levels to do some of those clan games rewards if everybody else is already done because then that means there's nobody available to trash those challenges that you just can't do as a lower town hall level um, so that that becomes a little bit difficult for me uh, thankfully I have multiple accounts in COTP plebs that uh, I can now be able to use to trash out some of those those uh, challenges that we just can't do, right? The, the highest town hall level that we have in COTP plebs, again, is a town hall nine. Uh, so some of those challenges for, say, you know, getting stars against Titan League or getting stars against uh, 11s, 12s, 13s, 14s, we're just not going to be able to do those. So uh, you have to trash those. And when you trash one, it takes a five minute cooldown before you can trash another one. So if, if you've got a, t a clan with a bunch of lower town hall levels, uh, maybe don't rush to completely finish everybody if you still have people that are struggling 
to find challenges they can do. Uh, help them out by by pausing at the you know the 3800 mark and then maybe trashing some of those challenges so your buddies will be able to to, to finish out. Uh, on the main account, yeah, I'm, I'm almost done there, uh, and, and I, I kind of cheat, right? I choose the builder base ones because they're a lot faster. <laughs> um, and that's really the only thing that I use my builder base for, is for clan games and for the uh, monthly gold pass uh, challenges. Uh, other than that, I, I don't really, I don't focus on the builder base so much. Um, because I've been playing it though since Builder Base came out on my Town Hall 14, my main account, I do have a completely 100% maxed Builder Base, um, which has been a, a problem at some times. Um, for instance, you get some of those challenges where it says to upgrade so many wall pieces on either village. Well, it used to be that you know I could just go over and pop out a couple walls on the. Uh, the builder builder base and it would complete that challenge for me and now I can't do that I've got to wait until I have a builder free on the main base and hope that I have that man how much the town hall 15 or I'm sorry how much do level 15 walls cost now uh, with the 20% boost they're at like is it 5.8 million um, and I've got to hope that I have enough loot to be able to do some of those walls which can can be difficult when I'm also trying to save for all of the other upgrades on the Town Hall 14. Um, so yeah, having to max out builder base is, is not a, a, a massive flex. Uh, it, it actually kind of hinders me more than it helps at some points. Um, but something that I do just for fun, uh, right? I will do my, my three attacks a day with my, my builder base. Um, but even though it's completely maxed out, uh, I don't always win attacks. And I am not a trophy pusher when it comes to builder base. I actually have, if you if you hunt for me in-game, um, search for Clan Knights of Zion, look for Catfish, uh, and, and go and look at my builder base, that builder base that is displayed is the one that I use when I am attacking in builder base. It looks like a progress base. I have all of my air-only targeting defenses in one corner. I have all of the ground only targeting defenses in another corner i have the defenses that attack both air and ground over in another corner and in the fourth corner i have all of the other buildings that don't do any damage all of my traps are inside of a little box full of that's, that's surrounded by walls so that you won't even run into my traps i've got the teslas kind of highlighted they're, they're over by the the defenses that um attack both air and ground but i've got like little targets and and uh, torches and things trying to surround them to let people know hey there's something over here um, and somehow I still end up winning attacks now because of having the base set up like that I'll, I'll lose some and that's the point I don't want to be high in trophies I want to be lower in trophies so that when I do get a challenge that says win attacks on builder base I'll switch over to a real base and it is easy for me to win some um, but this base, I typically end up sitting about 3,500 trophies with this stupid base out. That if you can't triple that base in, oh, I don't know, 45 seconds to a minute, then you, you just don't know what you're doing. Um, I will, all the time, I'll see people who come in with like a bunch of wall breakers, or what do they call them, bombers, on the builder base with some bombers and, and whatever their, their standard army is, right? You have absolutely no need for bombers 
on my base because I don't have any buildings surrounded by walls. But they just refuse to change the army that they're using and will keep those bombers in and, and start sending them to blow up walls that are protecting nothing. If you come at my base with nothing but raged barbarians and sneaky archers, you can beat it in about 40, I think 42 seconds was the fastest that I've seen it done with somebody who is actually paying attention to what they're doing. They changed up the army. Um, or even some of the beta minions. Stick those up in that corner where it's only the ground targeting defenses and then use a bunch of sneaky archers on the other defenses. Um, it's done. It's, it's, it can be done so fast, but I find guys that are taking almost two minutes to try to beat that base. And when I'm coming at you with maxed out, I use cannon carts. I use one, uh, one, one camp of cannon carts, uh, two of the super pekkas, and the rest hog gliders. And sometimes I will swap out one of the camps of hog gliders for bombers if I feel that I'm if, if it's higher level walls. If it's not higher level walls, then it, the rest of it's going to be hog gliders. And I can. At the 3,500 trophy range, I can triple just about every base, and I can do it in about a minute, about a minute to a minute and 30. And if, it's a race, then. I love seeing these replays where some dude is, you know, he's thinking he's got me because he sees my little eyeball up in the corner and figures that I've got a progress base, I'm just dropping trophies. And I'm watching him slowly with his pekkas march across the base and triple me. And when it's done, he finds out that I beat him on time by like 40 seconds because he used slow troops. Um, so yeah, there, there's some Builder Hall content for you on clashing in traffic. I don't talk about it too much, but it's out there. Um, I, I like my strategy. It's fun. It's kind of trolly, but it's what I do. And it's just a little distraction from the main base every once in a while. Uh, so again, it's, I'm doing that for clan games, right? Uh, I've been using using Builder Base to, to complete the clan games challenges uh, and have been knocking those out. I think I have like about 200 points left uh, before I finish that. But I'm not all that excited about the rewards, y'all. What is with all of these books of spells that we have been getting? I already have my spells maxed out. Uh, there was only two new spell levels with Town Hall 14. I had a hammer of spells that was in my inventory when Town Hall 14 hit, and I had a book of spells in my inventory when Town Hall 14 hit. So I used both of those, and then I had a book of spells that was waiting for me to claim in the, the, the gold pass from when Town Hall 14 hit, so I claimed that. We had another event that gave a book of spells, and then we're on this, this next set of clan games with a book of spells. I'm like, y'all... I know that it's not completely 100% geared towards Town Hall 14, but I don't really need books of spells on any of my other accounts either. So, I'm not too excited about the book of spells. The only thing exciting about it is that you can turn that book of spells into gems, but you can only turn it into 50 gems, and in that same category, there is an offer for 100 gems. So, I'm not sure what I'm going to be claiming yet on uh, on the clan games challenges but I just I wasn't too thrilled about the rewards uh, I, right now the, the thing that I want the most is books of heroes uh, simply because I need to upgrade my pets and my heroes uh, I have been 
mostly using my books and hammers of heroes on the heroes themselves because right now in Knights of Zion and most clans right you can't war if you have a hero down uh, but what we have decided in Knights of Zion is that you can war with a pet down uh, simply because it's going to take so long to get those things maxed out that we don't want people to have to constantly be either sitting out of war or not having that pet house working on a pet. So uh, I, I, I'm throwing all my Dark Elixir and the time into the pet house and then I'm using the books and hammers on the heroes themselves so I can keep them up and uh, continue to war. Um, my hero levels look like they're slacking a little bit behind some of my my clan mates because I haven't devoted as much time into actually getting the heroes up. Um, I've been, again, working on the pets. I'm a mostly free-to-play guy, right? I do not and have not bought packs. Uh, I get the gold pass. If I've got a gift card available, I will get the gold pass. That's it. So I've got to plug along just like most of the free-to-play players, except I do have the massive benefits of that gold pass, which it really does help out so much. Now I was listening. Um, I was listening to our guys, Hero Killer and Historian, over on the Only Clash podcast, and uh, it was a timely thing that they mentioned because I have just recently been getting more involved in the Clash of Clans Reddit uh, because the forums have shut down. Uh, and I, again, I, I'm, I wasn't a guy that was constantly posting on the forums. I would read through there and, and glean some information from it. Uh, but as my role of recruiter for Knights of Zion and Eden's Edge is, I've been trying to focus on that role a little bit more. Uh, I've just, I decided I needed to get up there on the different Reddit communities and maybe get our name out there and try to recruit, right? We're looking for Town Hall 14s for Knights of Zion to help us push up into Champions 2. And maybe, who knows, maybe one day even up into Champs 1. Um, that would be a, a big goal for us to try to get to, but... Um, we got to get the right players in there. So I, I got involved a little bit more in the Reddit community. And uh, I just did that this past week. And then yesterday, listening to uh, the Only Clash podcast, and they were talking about Reddit and some of the things going on up there because uh, it seems that Historian gets quite a bit of his information from Reddit also. Now, there were some things mentioned about people constantly griping about losing their accounts and getting their accounts banned and that is 100% spot on that is I mean I'm not going to say it's half of what's getting posted but maybe it's just the algorithm and what it's showing me but it sure seems like that is the majority of what gets posted in Reddit it's also the majority of the comment well maybe not the majority there is a large number of comments on anything that Darian or Clash of Clans tweets a lot of the responses are, oh no, my account got banned, please help me. Uh, we even see it in uh, any of the, lots of the YouTubers in their comment section on their YouTube videos. They will get people in there saying, bro, my account got banned, please help. The YouTubers have nothing to do with it, guys. They can't help you. They're, they're not Supercell employees. Um, there's nothing that can, that can be done uh, from their standpoint. As a matter of fact, we had a guy who... Something weird happened with one of his accounts. Um, he may or may not have got scammed out of something. It was one of his many accounts. And he was trying to contact Supercell Support to be like, hey, um, 
something happened. Somebody else has logged into my account, and he had uh, some struggles with it, and that account ends up getting banned um, because of the suspicious behavior scene. Uh, he then tries to contact them in-game, which is everybody's like, all right, I'll contact support in-game. But he was doing it from another one of his accounts, which then flags as suspicious because now it's another account trying to gain access to this account that's been banned. So his his other account got banned for 30 days because of trying to uh, get access to his you know a different account. Um, so he is in Klaus Gaming's clan, and we start posting things in the chat and in our Discord. And he's like, does anybody know anything we can do? And I start I start going through the forums and, and trying to find the the, uh, the links to be able to contact help outside of the game so he's not putting any of his other accounts in jeopardy by talking to, to support in-game. And even in a YouTuber's clan, he wasn't able to help get the one account unbanned and wasn't able to help get the, the, the temporary ban on the other account shortened or anything. Um, so if we can't get accounts inside of a YouTuber's plan unbanned for whatever it was that happened there, you're not going to be able to get them to do it by tweeting at them or, or commenting to them in a video. But there was a good story that did come out of Reddit this past week. Uh, there was a guy who had just recently signed up, his clan had signed up for the, uh, the World Championship. They were uh, in, in Champion League for CWL, which meant they qualified to register. So they registered their team. And then this guy goes to log on to one of his accounts and finds out that his account has been banned for suspicious behavior. And the only thing this guy can think is, well, he logs into his account from two different devices. One being an Apple device, the other being an Android device. And he's like, starts asking questions on Reddit, like, hey, I have not done anything um, against Terms of Service, which everybody says that, oh, I've never done anything against Terms of Service, and come to find out most of the accounts that get banned, there's something weird in their history. This guy's like, nope, never did anything against Terms of Service, and then starts commenting back, like, even Darian himself replies to this guy in Reddit, and starts asking questions, and, and, and if you read the early the early responses from Darian, he sounds like he's being a little bit snarky, because um, he starts talking about, well, gee, it's suspicious because that, you know, device would be logged in at one location, and then a couple minutes later, it's logged in 200 miles away. So that really seems suspicious, you know. Funny how you can travel that fast, which, you know, it, it seems kind of snarky, and that's the kind of thing that that they're used to have to dealing with with all of the people who are doing the account sharing, which is what this guy's account got flagged for, was for account sharing. Well, come to find out, this guy has, like I said, two devices. One that he uses when he's at home and even traveling, probably a cell phone. Um, and then another device that when he is at his work location, which isn't 200 miles away from his house, uh, but he can connect that device to his works network and play Clash of Clans. And he only does that on the other device. I don't remember if it was the iPhone or the Android, but one device is his personal one, one is his work one, but he's still able to play Clash of Clans. 
there was some sort of glitch, some sort of discrepancy happening, and this dude was smart enough to be able to pull down logs and show maps to where when he was on this work account, it was connecting to different cell towers and it was making it look as though he was actually 200 miles away from his actual location. Uh, now, the Supercell support team says that they can typically tell when it's a VPN issue. Um, like my work, I don't, I can't play Clash of Clans on my work network, but my, my work network actually makes us look like we're 300 miles away from where we are. Um, I'm in one location, headquarters is up at another location, and because of the way we route a lot of our traffic, uh, we will, for instance, get YouTube ads for car dealerships from like two states away because it looks like that's where we are. Um, the Supercell team says that they can typically tell when it's a VPN issue like that, but this guy's instance was actually kind of unique. It had to do with some, some cell tower glitching, <clears throat> some VPN stuff, uh, one being a personal device, the other being a work device, and they actually listened to the guy and overturned his ban. Um, so, yes, the Supercell support people really are investigating any claims that get sent to them. Uh, our community manager, Darian, he doesn't actually have any sway over the way that things are operated, but he can be talking to them and, and helping relay some information. He actually got involved and, and used his knowledge of the, how the things work at the Supercell side and what he was hearing from his community and helped get that ban overturned. Uh, hopefully, that ban will also not reflect on paper and mess up their that clan's uh, ability to still be qualified for the world championships because that was what the guy was worried of was, was worried about they register for the world championships supercell then starts to scan all of the accounts that are going to be involved in the championships and they start banning one dude gets banned from your clan and that's and you only have oh say 15 people that, that are on that roster that means the clan can't be involved in the world championships. So he was worried that his whole clan was going to be messed up. Hopefully, um, the esports side of it will also forgive that ban too. Now that the guy's account is back to being active. So um, shout out again to Darian, our Supercell Clash of Clans community manager, for being involved with his community and helping out, and to the Supercell support teams who are having to sift through thousands of people claiming to have been banned falsely and this was according to Darian only the seventh time that a permanent ban on an account has been overturned because of this uh, account sharing and, and false uh, false positives on the uh, the weird locations right only the seventh time they've had one of these they got overturned um, so yeah there's a lot of consternation in the community about accounts getting banned and usually what happens is they'll start looking into history and find that there really was something weird going on and they really did deserve the ban. Uh, so yeah, that's spent quite a bit of time talking about that. I only planned on just briefly mentioning that, but here we're, uh, I'm almost to work and uh, I've still got a bunch of questions and things to get through. Uh, so this will probably end up being a two segment podcast and uh, that's all right. Uh, Supercell CWL is coming up in six days. I know I feel like just last week I was talking about what the results were for last month's CWL. And by the time I record next week, we're going to be getting ready to register. Uh, so any of you Knights of Zion out there listening, make sure you pay attention to Discord and sign up when we put that call out for signups probably later today to uh, see who's actually going to be 
in the clan and who's going to make that starting roster. Which leads me into another segment here. I put out on the uh, on our Discord server and asked if there was any questions anybody had that they'd like to get asked. And I had several people respond to it. So this question about Supercell CWL comes from Herokilla. Man, Herokilla, I've mentioned you a couple times already. Good shout-outs to you, bro. Uh, but his question was, how many subs do you have for CWL, and how do you decide when to bench people or throw someone else in? Well, we, um, again, in, in Champion League, we can only do 15v15 war in uh, Supercell CWL. We like to take 20 Town Hall 14s. Um, so we'll have five subs. Uh, there's also a few mostly inactive accounts that are in the clan right now that uh, they'll get put on the roster, and if some emergency happens, we can throw them in. But really, our roster is a 20-man roster. And what we what we say is, if you get a single, or if you miss an attack, you get benched. Um, so any one-star attacks or any missed attacks, you immediately get benched. Uh, if you triple, you're going to be staying in unless you then end up getting a single. And then around the day three or four mark is when we're really going to start looking, okay, if we haven't had any one-star attacks, we've still got these five players who are on the bench and haven't had a chance to get any stars, which limits the amount of medals they have. So around the, the day three to four mark is when we'll start rotating people in. And what we'll look for is anybody at that point Anybody who hasn't tripled anything yet, um, we'll start rotating them out. Uh, if there's somebody, you know, say we have everybody that has gotten some triples, and by day three, if you're getting two stars, you should have six. Our goal is for the starting roster to get eight stars, so if we've got somebody by the day three mark that already has their eight stars, and the majority of the starting lineup has their eight stars, then we'll start rotating in um, around day three. If not, we'll wait till day four, and anybody then who has received their eight stars after their four attacks uh, will we'll rotate the other guys in, which means the bench players are potentially only going to get six stars um, unless they're like Trent Pohl last month. Uh, Trent Pohl started off on the bench. He came in, I believe, uh, after day three, so he had day four um, was when he started and he ended up, out of four attacks, getting two triples. So, I mean, Homeboy got his eight stars in three days um, instead of the, the typical four um, if you're not able to, to triple bases. So that, that's, that's how we like to run things. Um, if we are on a serious push to try to promote, we might not change out that starting lineup unless somebody actually does get a single. Or if, you know, there's been there's been months where I have uh, not gotten any triples and my two-star attacks are not doing what they are because, I mean, sometimes you're just off, right? Um, so I'll end up benching myself and, and let somebody else get a shot because I'm just, I'm not degrading or not hurting the clan, but I'm not really doing anything to, to, to be positive, right? Um, and another thing we will do is if somebody's base is constantly getting tripled and it just seems like they're not changing it, then you might actually get benched because of defense. Um, because even if you're getting those high percent two stars, but your base is constantly getting tripled, you're actually a detriment to the clan. So we might be pulling you out on that. Uh, Nob asks, what about leadership positions? What is expected for Elder? 
co, war general, etc. in bigger clans or even higher up leagues. Um, you know, I know every clan kind of runs this differently, and it's, I don't want to say that there's only one right way to do it. In Knights of Zion and Eden's Edge, um, the way that we run elders, typically the elders are going to be people who have been there for a long time, or are trusted to be able to not just let anybody in that, that requests or, you know, whatever. Uh, the elders are also, in-game elders are going to be the people who have the role of Discord recruiter for the clan so that they can send invites. Um, but it's not just about being there for a long time. We have people who have been in the clan longer than me who I don't even think they have elder yet. Um, they haven't asked for it. There, there's not really a benefit other than being able to let people in, right? And in a clan that's closed and only lets people in through a Discord application, I, I, you know, we don't really have a bunch of people begging for elder in that type of clan. Uh, co-leader, we don't want, we don't promote a ton of people up to that position, and it's not because we don't have a lot of great players. It's that we want to, at any point in time, have just a, a limited number on that council. And that can change from time to time. We'll have people who step down from leadership for a little while to take a break. And speaking of taking a break, we're going to take a break for a moment as I head through the, the gate here. Good morning. You have a good day. Thank you, you too. So to add a co-leader into Knights of Zion, um, it usually comes from when Big D sees that there is a need for another leader, or if we have a current leader that says they need to step down for a period of time for a break, um, and we'll, we can rotate through uh, putting new people into that position, letting them be on that council for a little while, and then uh, if they need a break, again, it can be a rotating thing. Um, we just recently added uh, Benjo and Dressy as leaders in Knights of Zion. Uh, we all know that we added Dynamite down in Eden's Edge uh, to help us run things down there. But what's expected of the leaders is, one, we want the leaders to have a, a good understanding of the game. They need to be people who are able to attack and able to help teach others how to attack. Uh, they need to... We need to see some loyalty from them, right? That they're not people that are going to be flighty and, and take off uh, the moment that they get promoted. Um, we want people who put out a good image, right? We're in a YouTuber clan. So if you have that title of co-leader, you're not just representing the clan, but you're representing the brand that is Klaus Gaming. And if you don't fit with that brand, um, which is why, where we can be a little bit unique from just a, you know, the, the all the other casual clans. We're, we're a casual clan, we're not a pro clan, but it can be a little unique in our instance because of the name that, that Klaus has. Uh, we don't want people, you know, that are going to be causing any sort of strife in the community that's going to reflect bad upon the, you know, the face of the clan. Um, so they're going to be, we want guys who are, again, understand what's going on uh, with attacking that can be good ambassadors for the clan and for the brand that we are representing. And uh, they need to be guys who are consistent, right? We want folks who are um, 
going to get in all their attacks. They're going to be helping to ensure that everybody else are getting in their attacks. We want people who are active on Discord. That is extremely important for the leadership uh, to be active on Discord um, and, and helping us out in that capacity whenever possible. So now the war general, that's that's Big D, and that's because he is the leader. Um, I kind of help out with not being the war general in that I am directing attacks and, and assigning assignments and whatnot. Um, my role is just watching over the roster for, for CWL and, and making suggestions for edits and changes and whatnot, simply because I'm the, the statistician, right? I, I have a spreadsheet that I keep and I'll, I'll look that over and be like, all right, guys, according to the numbers, here's like the top 25 for this month, let's pick the 20 that need to go on the roster for SECWL. So um, I'm, I'm not war general. I'm uh, just like a statistician. Uh, I look at my role is in leadership. It is mostly kind of like the PR guy, right? I'm I'm got into the leadership uh, just because I was active, because I was doing things. Uh, I was was chatting well, and when. I got up there, it wasn't because I was some fantastic war player, it was just because I was trying to put out a good image for the clan and for the brand, right? So now that I am, I consider myself one of the head recruiters, right? I'm, I'm going out and doing a lot of things, trying to bring in talent, um, and that's that's really where I see myself more in my leadership role is, uh, I don't know, statistician and talent acquisition maybe, if we're going to put it into uh, some more kind of corporate roles um and yes i will be the guy that, that's pinging on discord if if uh i see that we don't have clan castles filled or if somebody's late on attacks but that's something that all of the leaders are going to do is check to make sure clan castles are full before war starts that uh get to about the the three hour mark and we're going to start pinging guys who haven't gotten their attacks in um, we do have one leader who is designated who's going to be the guy that does the spin, right? That's going to be one of the roles as a leader. We like to have that same guy doing it so that we don't step on toes when that comes around. Um, but those are those are some of the things that, that we do in Knights of Zion. Uh, with Eden's Edge, it's very similar, but down there, because of having mixed war, war generals really do have to kind of help plan things because in mixed war, we have... We have a, a generalized plan in our Discord that says, okay, trialists, you guys need to claim bases first and attack early. We want trialists to do a fresh hit and not just do cleanup. And then we say the lowest town hall level, so town hall 11. The goal for them is this, right? Um, you're going to be attacking your own, uh, or if we are mismatched, then we might say that the war generals can say we need you to scout higher. Um, it, it can be a little bit more difficult on the leaders when it comes to war general down in the lower clan simply because of having the mixed town halls. When it's all one town hall, when it's all town hall 14, it's a lot easier to do uh, than it is when you have all the mixed town halls. So it's it can be difficult working down there in Eden's Edge. Uh, most of our leaders in Eden's Edge, they will have accounts that will come up to KOZ every once in a while, and they, because of being leaders down there, will at, at least get elder role. Um, when they when they hop up to the clan, um, they will a lot of them will have a second account that sits in in Knights of Zion as an elder, so that they can bounce back and forth and do donations and whatnot. Um, and most of the leaders, if they send something down to Eden's Edge, will also be considered co-leaders down there, just in game, 
Um, the leaders in Knights of Zion really try to focus on Knights of Zion. The leaders in Eden's Edge try to focus on Eden's Edge, even though we do have a little bit of a, a little bit of overlap in some of that. The next question comes from Green Arrow. Uh, Green Arrow says, "Who did you choose to replace Sparky?" Uh, dude, you know how difficult it is to find a good producer when an, a, a replacement producer when the guy who you would expect to be like doing the interviews and stuff is that producer you're trying to replace. So unfortunately, at this point in time, I'm still stuck with Sparky. Uh, he was able to hitchhike his way home last week, and uh, he's back with me today. You got anything you want to say, Sparky? Yeah, I didn't think so. Uh, so we're going to be stuck with him for a little bit of time. I didn't get enough resumes come in to review, uh, but we will be looking for another producer on Clashing in Traffic pretty soon. The second part of Green Arrow's question is related to another question uh, that came in from Good Cop, Bad Cop. So uh, the second part of Green Arrow's question was how much planning goes into each war attack? And then Good Cop, Bad Cop says, in Knights of Zion Wars, are you assigned bases or is it free choice as long as Big D gets the number one? Do you look at a base and then choose your army or are you like me desperately searching for a base that fits your preferred comps? Uh, so those are kind of related in, in, in my book, um, how much planning goes into war attacks? Uh, that all depends on what exactly is going on. And that's uh, why I say it kind of relates to what, what good cop, bad cop asks. Uh, in Knights of Zion, um, it is, the rule is that the trialists are supposed to pick first for regular wars. Um, CWL is a little bit different. But uh, the rule is, because it's usually regular wars or all Town Hall 14, uh, we do still have a couple Town Hall 13s that we'll throw in if we need uh, some filler. And actually, we've got some, some 11 and 12s that are secondary accounts that every once in a while will get thrown in uh, for some filler. Uh, but the rule is, trialists are supposed to go in and select a base early. Um, and then everybody else goes in and selects bases. Uh, you look over all of the war map, uh, and you find something that you think that you're going to do well on. Uh, if it's regular wars because we have cleanup hits, we can be a little bit uh, braver when it comes to those cleanup hits, right? The, the goal is the first hits are going to come in. We're going to attempt to make sure that we secure the two stars on everything. Uh, so if that means there's a one of those bases with the, the you know the town hall baited in a corner, we're, we're going to come in from that side of the town hall just to make sure that we secure that two star. Uh, cleanup hits, we might be a little bit more brave and risk getting that one star by coming in opposite the town hall and trying to get the triple. For CWL, it's kind of the same thing, except we don't expect trialists to choose first. We want the three star specialists to go in and pick their bases first. Um, we don't do assigned bases. Usually, every once in a while, uh, Big D is the war general, or even one of the other, um, like our, our league-level players, they'll see a base and recommend that somebody who has hit a very similar base in the past attack that one. But essentially, it's a look over the war map and pick what you are going to do best against. Um, and again, the guys who are consistent at getting three stars, we want those guys to go in and pick the highest bases, 
that they think they can triple first. Because if, say for instance, Big D doesn't always take the number one base. Big D's usually up in the number one or number two spot for us, but he and Mike have been going back and forth on who's actually number one on the war map. Uh, and there's times when he's been as low as four or five on the war map. Uh, when we're doing event wars, Big D likes to take the number one base just to put a good name out there for Knights of Zion, right? He wants to be up there, number one, uh, showing off a little bit the skills that, that we might have. But when it comes to actually warring in Knights of Zion, he is going to pick whatever he thinks is, is going to be best for the team. If he's not, uh, and this goes for everybody, if you're not confident in attacking that number one base, drop down a little lower until you find one that you know you can triple. The guys who are more of our consistent two-star specialists, we're going to come in on that second round and pick a base that we're comfortable hitting. Um, now, to go towards the second part of Good Cop's question about are we trying to pick a base that fits our comp or are we, you know, are we making an army to fit a base? Well, me, I'm when, I, when it's my turn to go through and it's not like we have assigned times or anything, right? Um, if, if I feel like I'm on a hot streak and getting good triples, I'll be one of those early guys to go in and pick a base. But I'm going to be looking for a base that fits whatever it is that I have been practicing with for that past week or so. Um, so right now, uh, the last two or three weeks, I have been using mostly Zapowich. Um, I don't remember where I saw this on YouTube. There was one of the guys on YouTube had been using it, and I was like, okay, I like witches. I've done a ton of different witch variants. Let me try this one uh, for now. So the first thing I'm going to do is look to see if there's a base that works for Zapwitch. And if there is, well, that's what I've been practicing, so that is what I am going to attack with. If I can't find one that fits for that specific army that I've been using in Legend League all week, um, then again, I'm going to try to find one that fits with something else that I have recently practiced uh, and know that I'm, I'm decent at. If, for whatever reason, I have not picked early, so now I'm getting to be one of the last guys picking on the map, uh, I'm going to go ahead and this is where the planning time gets extended. Um, if if it's a base that I'm used to, so there, we see a lot of repeated bases, right? Uh, because of being up in Legend League and seeing more war-style bases up there, there's a lot of times that I'll scroll through that war map and I'll find a base that I have hit in the past day or two, and I'll be able to go back, watch my own replay of how I tripled that base, or maybe didn't triple, but know that I can make adjustments um, to turn it into a triple. I'll watch the replay of my own attack against that base or very similar, make some adjustments, and I'll go in after that. Yeah, because I'm confident. I've already hit something like that in the past. Uh, there's no need to m do some huge convoluted planning session if I know that I can already triple it. If I'm one of the last guys to pick and I've just got to take whatever's left, that's where the planning gets a little bit longer. Uh, and this is where uh, I mentioned in the Discord that these questions were great and it actually spurred maybe a, a, another topic that I'm going to try to get to next week. And that being some of the tools that are available. I've, I've talked about some in previous episodes, but I want to do a little bit of research and give you all a list of, of the great tools that are out there to use that are perfectly within terms of service. They're not cheating. Uh, I don't want to talk about anything that is going to be like any of the mods or hacks or whatever. We're not even addressing that. I'm just talking about third-party tools that are out there that can help you a little bit. One of those 
which has been okayed by Supercell. Uh, they have signed off and said, yep, this is fantastic because it's not actually, it's not doing anything with any gameplay. Uh, it's not impacting directly the game, but that is burnt base. Uh, if I'm one of the last guys to pick and it's a base I'm not familiar with, you can bet that I'm taking a screenshot of that base. I'm heading over to the top end base building uh, Discord server because they have a subscription uh, to Burnt Base that is free for their community to use. So I will head over, take that screenshot, top end base building, go into their Burnt Base channel, post that screenshot up, and see if there are any replays of how that base has been tripled in the past. If there are, I'm going to watch those replays. Um, and not that I'm going to build my army based 100% off of what I see on any of those replays. Because we know that traps move. Uh, we know that defensive levels might be different. I might not have the same super troops uh, boosted. So there's a million different variables that can cause whatever tripled on that burnt base replay uh, to have something go wrong. But I'm going to be watching those to get a feel for where at least the default traps were, maybe what's in this clan castle, and at least what was suggested. If it's an internet base, then a lot of times those internet bases will have suggestions on what to go in the CC. So that, you know, I might watch a couple, and if every single, if, say there's 10 replays that I find from Burnt Base on a particular base, if all of them have the same CC, there's a good chance that the guy that I'm about to hit actually has that same CC. <laughs> So I will, I will look over that, I will formulate a little bit of a plan, and that plan can take anywhere from 30 seconds to a half an hour, an hour. I don't want to spend too much time, because if I spend any more than that, then we start getting into the, I've overthought something, uh, and I'm going to be relying on something that might be a little too complicated, involving... 30 or 40 different steps and of course if you mess up step one then it throws off the entire plan uh, i want to have a vague idea of pathing of value of you know if i'm doing a suey or if i'm doing a blizzard or whatever kill squad or whatever it is that i might be sending in first i want to have an idea of where that pathing is expected to go what value i'm getting out of that and if i don't reach that goal i do want to have a second a second plan in place to make sure that if something goes wrong, I still have the ability to secure at least a two-star. And that's happened many, many times where we go in, we think, all right, we've got this plan that's going to be awesome, and you do something that throws it off just a little bit, and now you've got to change uh, just to make sure that you're going to get secure that two-star. Yeah, you, you might be giving up on the triple, but you got to secure that two-star. So... For Green Arrow's question, how much planning goes in? It could be anywhere from five minutes to maybe an hour. Um, and a, there might be more time spent than that, but if I spend more time than that, it's because I'm not actually actively working on it, right? I'm gonna draw up my plan, and then I'm gonna post that plan in one of our war rooms in the Discord server and ask for some feedback. And then I might go do something else for a little while, and then I'll come back and see what sort of feedback there is, discuss that with any of the guys that gave me that feedback, uh, make some adjustments, and then we're going to go in. I find if I spend a lot more time than that, 
uh, it actually does me more harm than good because I get so bogged down in the details of some plan that I try to come up with that as soon as one of those little details goes wrong, uh, you just get lost. You get you get down in the weeds and you're you're not able to uh, to recover as well. Um, now back to what Good Cop Bad Cop was saying. Uh, am I looking for one? that fits my armies, of course I am. Uh, and then if I can't find one that, that fits my armies, I'm gonna try to fall back on something that I'm familiar with. Uh, I have several attack strategies that I like, uh, but I'm not afraid to use something that, as long as I've done it in the past, <laughs> I'm not afraid to use something uh, that's a little bit different than what I've been using in Legend Leagues. And that is what the friendly challenges are for, right? Uh, I might not have a friendly challenge base within the clan that's exactly like whatever it is that I'm planning to hit, but I, if it's a, if I'm going to have to use an army that I'm not used to, I'm certainly going to be hitting a bunch of friendly challenges uh, before attacking, uh, so that I can get a little bit of practice with how that army is going to work. Now I know a lot of clans; um, they will either just mandate that everybody hits their mirror, or that. What we used to do in Guild of Grace was that leaders were going to give assignments. And I found that that just hitting your mirror is not the best strategy for any clan. Uh, I don't, I just, I can't see how that can possibly be the best strategy. Uh, if, if my mirror is something that I'm only going to be able to two star, but the guy that's maybe one or two slots above me can only two star his mirror, but knows he can triple my mirror. Well, why wouldn't we swap? If I can jump up a couple spots and still get the two-star that I would against my mirror, but that lets somebody drop down a couple spots and get the triple against uh, that base, that is adding to the number of stars you're getting as a clan. Uh, so if that is how your clan runs, is just hit your mirror, please, please consider changing up the way you're doing it. Uh, we like to make sure that people are going in and calling bases. Uh, the priority in CWL needs to go to your three-star specialists. Let them pick first. Then you let the next tier of, of players go and make sure that they're getting bases that they know that they can at least double. Uh, if you start looking at that war map and there's not a base on there that you'd think that you can even double, uh, and say maybe you're number 15 on the on a 15v15 map and you don't even think that in and, and, and somebody has claimed your mirror and that's the only base you think you can even double well then chat with them hey man i don't think i can get anything but a single on any other base so can i please swap with you um, and that's important making sure that we're talking making sure that we're communicating if a base is claimed don't hit it unless you get express consent from the leaders or from the guy who claimed the base. Um, there's been times where uh, this happens more in Eden's Edge, I think, than it does in KOZ, where um, our members will go in and, and claim early before the trialists have had a chance to go in and claim. And we, as leaders, want to evaluate the trialists against bases of about the same weight as them. And we'll just go in and say, hey, um, I know this base is already claimed by somebody, but we want you to hit this so that we can evaluate your performance. Um, and that's, that's usually the only time that we like to, to say that we have any claim jumping going on in either of our clans. Uh, as far as the leaders having to go in and do assignments, that just gets way too tedious for the leaders. And what I found happening towards the end of my tenure as a leader in Guild of Grace was that we as a whole, 
all the leaders, we were just getting lazy on it. We, and, and we weren't actually going in and looking at bases and, and trying to find bases that fit people's attacking profiles. We were essentially going in and saying, hit your mirror or go one down. Uh, and, you know, number one is going to take one and two. It, it was just this generalized thing. I think it works better if you let your people pick which bases work best for them. Give some general guidelines about who should be picking first. In regular wars, your new guys, you know, we want them to pick first so that we can evaluate them. In, in SECWL, you want your three-star specialist going first. Uh, but let your people pick the bases that will work best for them. And that encourages people to go in a little early in the war and pick their bases. And uh, I think it works better. It's a lot less work on the leaders um, just having to maybe make some minor adjustments here or there. Um, but it, it, it lets the members get a little bit more invested in what's going on. The other thing that the leaders we will do is, and this can go for anybody in the clan really, is look over that war map and if there's any repeated bases, put notes on the war map that, hey, this base is the same as this one. If there's, you know, if we had a war recently where I think there were three people using the same base and we had one of our guys, I believe Trent, tripled one of them. And then we just said, hey, do what Trent did. Trent tripled the highest of the bases that was the same, which means anybody below Trent should be able to triple the ones that were below that. And unfortunately, we had a couple guys that didn't even notice the notes that had been left. They, they put in plans um, for how they were going to try to attack this base uh, in the Discord server. And our response was, hey, Trent's already tripled it. Why are you even, why are you even drawing up a plan? Um, it's the same base. Uh, somebody even did a scout on the one because we had a couple low-level uh, uh, accounts in. Somebody did a scout to verify that the clan castle was the same. Um, so make sure that you're reading any notes that are posted. Uh, and if somebody does triple a base and it's a repeat and it happens to be a regular war, by all means, let that dude hit the other one. Uh, he already tripled it once, so let him triple it a second time on a different spot, right? So we like to, to empower the, the members to, to make their own decisions and uh, to do some good things there. Well, folks, um, that is going to be it for the Clash of Clans content today. Like I said, next week my plan is to address some of the tools that are out there, uh, like Burnt Base that I've highlighted a few times. There's many, many others out there. If you do happen to have uh, a tool that you're using to help improve not your gameplay like you have downloaded a tool that is cheating, uh, but if you have like a website like burntbase.com or uh, Clash Track or Clash of Stats or there's a million of them uh, that are out there. If you've got one, uh, post it in the Discord. Uh, the, the server that I'm in will be linked in the show notes or in my, my podcast description. Uh, make sure that you go in to the family podcast section and react to the role to get uh, access to the catfish channels. But post that in either the traffic jam or I've got a, a section in there for questions for catfish. And I'll be sure to, to do a little bit of reading on whatever tool it is that, that you are using and maybe we'll highlight a few of those. Uh, as far as coffee talk, I don't have a highlighted coffee this week uh, because the coffee that I am drinking this week is... It's not one of my favorites, so I don't really want to put it out there as something that everybody should try. Uh, it was a, a gift um, 
friend of my daughter's, he uh, he wanted to get me a gift for some reason and, and bought a bag and brought it to me. Uh, and unfortunately, when when you become a nerd on something and somebody wants to gift you something that has to do with whatever that that uh, that hobby of yours is, and they don't fully understand everything about it, you end up getting things that aren't maybe as quite of high quality uh, as what you're used to. That doesn't mean you need to be a jerk about it and, and tell the person, oh, this stuff's going to suck. No, you know, you, you, you thank them for, for their effort. Uh, I even asked him if he wanted to come in and, and I'd brew up a couple cups and we could, we could taste them and share, but he was a little busy, had to take off. Uh, but I still have been drinking the coffee this week. Um, unfortunately, it's a dark roast and I just, a lot of us coffee nerds, coffee snobs, we don't like dark roasts and for whatever reason people that are coffee fans but maybe not coffee nerds think that us specialty guys are all about the dark roasts and it that couldn't be farther from the truth and in my mind the lighter the roast the better Uh, so if you're if you're ever wanting to buy catfish some coffee just remember that the light roast is the right roast that's right light roast is the right roast Uh, but it's uh it was at least good quality beans. Um, the guys that roasted it did not over roast it. It's darker than what I like, but it's not oily. Uh, if you if you if you get a bean that's been roasted too too far, it's going to start getting shiny and oily, and that the oils can actually, when they come out of the bean and sit on the surface, those can actually rot and go rancid and, and give you some really funkiness that that isn't good at all. So yes, it's a little bit darker than I typically like. But it's still in a high premium quality bean, and uh, it's different. So it's making me have to brew up some stuff differently. If you are a fan of dark roast, drink dark roast then. Drink what you like. Drink what tastes good to you. And uh, I hope that you are staying caffeinated and enjoying uh, some coffee. So I'll post something else in the coffee talk section this week. Um, Got a couple cool pictures and whatnot that I've taken. So I look forward to hearing from everybody on Discord. I thank you guys who did send in some questions, and I uh, especially because that that helped give me an idea for some some future content. Uh, I hope everybody has a great end of Clan Games. Get those things done, and I look forward to hearing how your CWL gets started. Don't forget if you are in Crystal League Two and have a, and are planning to do a 30 v 30 spin, please let me know. Uh, because we are going to have two clans from the Klaus family that are going to try to coordinate a, an SCCWL spin. Eden's Edge is in Crystal 2, use code Klaus is in Crystal 2, and we're going to try to coordinate the spin time for that. And if you have a Crystal 2 clan that's going to be doing 30v30, let me know and I'll let you know when we're going to spin and maybe we'll see you guys in that league too. Uh, so everybody, have a great week. Make sure you're staying safe and having some fun while you're out there playing in traffic. Bye for now.